This is the Adventist World Radio, and you are listening to the Voice of Hope. For more information, please feel free to write to us. Our email address is Bible at awr.org. Or you could also call us on WhatsApp at plus one two two four two 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 zero seven seven seven. Hello and welcome to WaveScan, the international DX program from Adventist World Radio. Researched and written in Indianapolis by Dr. Adrian Peterson and produced in the studios of WRMI Shortwave in Okeechobee, Florida. I'm Jeff White. This is edition NWS 768 for release on Sunday, November 12, 2023. On WaveScan today, our main feature is part three of radio broadcasting in Singapore. Also more from the HFCC B23 opening plenary in Australia and our DX report from the Philippines. And so we come to the last part of our three-part series on the history of radio broadcasting in and from the island city-state of Singapore. Here's Ray Robinson with the story of the BBC Far Eastern Relay Station, which closed for good just this past summer. Thanks, Jeff. Over the last few weeks, we've presented the lengthy and very interesting story of radio broadcasting on the island of Singapore. That story was complete, except for the story of the BBC, the British Broadcasting Corporation. This is the topic for today's story, the BBC Far Eastern Relay Station. Let's go back to the year 1937, because that was the year in which the BBC began to give consideration to establishing a shortwave relay station in Asia. They began to make overtures to the commercially owned radio station BMBC, the British Malaya Broadcasting Corporation in Singapore. The intent was to buy this station and then to upgrade it into an international shortwave relay station to carry BBC programming to the growing radio audiences in Asia. These negotiations seemed to move a bit slowly, but considerable progress was made ultimately. A QSL letter received in Australia in 1940 identified the station simply as Broadcast Station, seeming to indicate that by this time there was some confusion as to the exact status of the station. In 1939, plans were made to install a 100 kilowatt shortwave unit at the new transmitter base still under construction at Jurong, near the now famous Jurong Bird Park. The large Marconi transmitter from the Chelmsford factory in England was sent out by ship late in the year 1940, but the ship was torpedoed and sunk en route. Soon afterwards, a 50 kilowatt RCA transmitter was sent out from the United States, but when the equipment was received in Singapore, it was discovered that the power transformer was designed for the 110 volt 60 cycle power system in America, not the 240 volt 50 cycle power system used in Singapore. At the end of the year 1941, it was announced that work on the shortwave station at Jurong was almost complete, but there were no large shortwave transmitters. In August 1942, ZHJ, the 7.5kW Marconi transmitter at Penang, was transferred to Singapore by the Japanese and installed at Jurong where it went on the air as Radio Shonan, 
with programming beamed to Australia. The last known broadcast as Shonan Radio took place on February 3, 1945. Soon afterwards, radio staff from the British radio stations in Delhi, India and Colombo, Ceylon were transferred to Singapore to reactivate the radio station with whatever equipment was still available. This station was then reopened as BMA, the British Military Administration, in October 1945. It was noted in Australia on four different shortwave channels and also on medium wave 1333 kHz. At this stage, three different organisations were noted on air, each with its own programming and all using the same facilities. These were BMA, the British Military Administration, SEAC, the Southeast Asia Command of the Allied Forces, and BFEBS, the British Far Eastern Broadcasting Station. All three organisations issued QSL cards to verify reception reports. The SEAC usage of the station was concluded at the end of June 1946, and at the same time, BMA officially became Radio Malaya, and that, of course, is a long story for another occasion. Initially, BFEBS produced its own programming in the older studios located in Cathay Building, but on January 30th, 1946, they moved into their own studios at Caldicott Hill on Thompson Road. Network programming in area languages was identified in the colour schemes as purple and orange. Off-air relays of the BBC in England began five months later. A total of four shortwave transmitters, all 10 kilowatt units with the model number SWB-11s, were shipped from India, and these were installed at Durong and activated progressively beginning in January 1946. In mid-1948, it was announced that the BBC in London would take over the BFEBS station in Singapore as the BBC's first overseas base, and this change in ownership was finalised on August 8th. However, in addition to the BBC developments in Singapore, there were simultaneous developments on the Malay Peninsula. The original concept of installing a 100kW shortwave transmitter at Jurong was cancelled due to the fact that the new airport was nearby and the tall antenna towers would prove to be a hazard to aircraft manoeuvres. In mid-1946, the BBC commissioned a site survey in Johor State, just across from Singapore, for the construction of a massive, high-powered shortwave relay station. And then just one year later, a large tract of land near Tebrao was procured, 450 acres of jungle and small rubber plantations. Plans for this new BBC relay station called for two transmitters at 100 kilowatts and four at 7.5 kilowatts, with a total of 20 antennas. A little more than three years later, the new facility was ready for the installation of the electronic equipment. During the 1950 Christmas season, the first 100 kilowatt transmitter was activated, followed by the second 100 kilowatt unit just one month later. Subsequently, the four smaller units at 7.5 kilowatt were also installed and activated. During the interim period, while the facility at Tabrao was under construction, there was another interesting change of location for this BBC station in Asia. The usage of the shortwave station at Jurong in Singapore was phased out in 1949 and the facility was granted to Radio Malaya with its headquarters in Singapore. There was a new British shortwave station recently completed at Ekala in Ceylon and this came on the air as Radio SEAC, Southeast Asia Command. 
In April 1949, this station was taken over as a BBC relay station to fill in until the new station at Tabrau was ready for service. 21 months later, at the end of 1950, the BBC terminated its usage of Radio SIAC in Ceylon and concentrated its relay programming for Asia via the new Tabrau station on the Malay Peninsula. 20 years later, after its original construction, a modernisation project was implemented at the BBC Tabrau. The four older 7.5 kilowatt transmitters were removed and replaced by four 250 kilowatt and four 100 kilowatt units that were installed progressively beginning in December 1970. At the height of its electronic power, BBC Tabrau was on the air with a total of 10 shortwave transmitters, four at 250 kilowatts and six at 100 kilowatts. The feed lines from the transmitters to the antenna systems were the longest in the world, somewhere around half a mile in length. However, another problem for the BBC lay on the horizon. Malaysia was now an independent nation and the central government in Kuala Lumpur declined to renew the lease for the BBC Tabrau. Initially, consideration was given to establishing a new station in Brunei on the island of Borneo. When this didn't work out, consideration was given to Christmas Island in the Indian Ocean, with a suggestion that Radio Australia join in the project. Ultimately, though, Singapore was chosen, and thus the BBC announced in 1976 that they planned on closing the Tabrau station and relocating again to Singapore Island. However, the Malay government did extend the lease for the BBC in Tabrau until the new Singapore station was completed and ready for service. The new BBC site in Singapore was located at Kranji in the north of Singapore Island, just 10 miles across the strait from the previous location at Tabrau in Malaysia. This new station was compacted into just four acres of swampy landfill, and at one stage during early construction, 800 truckloads of soil every day were dumped in to raise the land level about three feet. Even so, the main two-storey transmitter building was built on concrete piles, and some of the antenna towers were actually located in the waters of a tidal ocean area. The Kranji station eventually contained five 100 kilowatt and five 250 kilowatt transmitters feeding 22 antenna systems, mainly reversible curtains, which were capable of providing excellent coverage to all areas of Asia. Operation of the BBC's overseas relay stations was privatised in 2003, with Merlin Communications taking over the operation of the BBC Far Eastern Relay Station in Singapore. Merlin subsequently became VT Merlin, then VT Communications, then Babcock, and eventually Encompass Digital Media. But through all those transitions, the BBC always retained ownership of the station itself. Many BBC language services were carried by the relay station at Cranchy, as well as relays on behalf of other international broadcasters such as NHK Tokyo, Radio Canada International, Radio Netherlands, Deutsche Welle and Radio Australia. However, after cutbacks to shortwave broadcasts in recent years, it was estimated that the Cranji site was finally only being used at 15% of its capacity. The BBC services still being broadcast at the time of the closure of the site a few months ago were those in Burmese, Korean and Dari and Pashto for Afghanistan, as well as world service programming in English, an hour of which was beamed daily in the DRM mode towards India. 
The need for development space in Singapore has grown ever more acute over the years, and the government there announced some time back that when the current lease for the Cranji site expired, it would not be renewed. And thus, the BBC Far Eastern Relay Station at Cranji, Singapore, closed its final transmission at midnight UTC on Saturday the 15th of July, which of course was Sunday the 16th in the target area. The station's now being dismantled. Some of the foreign language services, such as Burmese, do appear to have been transferred to the Encompass Relay site in Tashkent, Uzbekistan, which also covers large parts of Asia. BBC World Service in English may still be heard on shortwave in many parts of Asia for at least a few hours per day via relays from Oman and from Tinang in the Philippines. All broadcasting now in Singapore is on the FM band, and the BBC still maintains a special transmitter on 88.9 MHz FM in the centre of the island, carrying the BBC World Service for the local population. During its 45 years of service, regular full-data QSL cards have been available from the BBC at its Cranji address, and additionally, some QSL cards have been posted out from the BBC in London. Three different Singapore cards were known, each with a photograph in colour of the station itself. Back to you, Jeff. Thanks, Ray, for the last of that three-part series about radio broadcasting in Singapore. That was Ray Robinson at The Voice of Hope in Los Angeles. The Voice of Hope also operates a medium wave station in Israel, known as the Voice of Hope Middle East, on 1287 kilohertz. In answer to a listener inquiry, Ray tells us that the station in Israel has not yet been directly impacted by the Israel-Gaza war, but the on-air staff at the studios in Galilee are encouraging listeners to tell their stories and are praying for them and for peace in the region, and especially that the conflict at the northern border with Lebanon will not escalate. Ray says, We've just finished updating the mobile app in Arabic, and we get an incredible response, not just from the Middle East, but from Arabic speakers around the world. Well, BBC News Arabic has begun an emergency radio service for Gaza in response to the conflict in that region. The emergency service, called Gaza Daily, will broadcast vital news to the people of Gaza during this time of urgent need. The BBC said it will provide listeners in Gaza with the latest information and developments, as well as safety advice on where to access shelter, food, and water supplies. Produced in Cairo and London and broadcast on 639 kHz medium wave, the service started with one program a day at 1500 UTC as of the 3rd of November, and a second daily update will be broadcast at 0500 UTC from Friday the 10th of November. The BBC World Service has a history of responding to emergency situations globally. Most recently, in May 2023, during the conflict in Sudan, BBC News Arabic began an emergency radio service. In February 2022, the BBC News Ukraine service began extended TV bulletins following the invasion of the country. The BBC also previously launched a service for Gaza in 2014 following a summer of conflict. In recent weeks, we brought you Ray Robinson's two-part series on the history of radio jingles. And in sort of jingle-related news, Tracy Wood sent us an item about the CBC Radio 1 network in Canada, that's the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, ending on October 9th its daily transmission of the time signal from Canada's CHU time station at 1 p.m. Eastern time every day. 
ostensibly because technical reasons made the time signal relay inaccurate. CHU continues to broadcast its time signal on shortwave on 3330, 7850, and 14670 kHz. But many Canadians are upset that the relay on the CBC network has been discontinued. An online publication called Hackaday wrote, The public response to the rather unceremonial decommissioning without prior announcement was rather predictable. After all, even if it wasn't that useful, why throw out something that is more recognizable than any other radio jingle for generations of Canadians? Well, I don't know if it's a radio jingle, but this is what the CHU time signal sounds like. CHU Canada. Coordinated Universal Time. 21 hours. 28 minutes. 21 hours. 28 minutes. Some good news for shortwave listeners in Russia. Beginning October 29th, two hours of the World Radio Network in Russian from Encompass in the UK are being rebroadcast from 1500 to 1700 UTC on 12095 kHz using a transmitter in the United Arab Emirates with a power of 250 kilowatts, azimuth 345 degrees. Here's the schedule. At 1500 UTC, Radio Prague International. At 1530, weekly broadcasts of the World Radio Network, including the DX program Radio Panorama on Saturdays. At 1600, NHK World Japan. And at 1630, Radio Slovakia International. These are all programs in Russian. Schedule adjustments are possible, according to Radio Panorama. October 29th was the beginning of the B-23 shortwave broadcast season, which will last until March 31st of 2024. The B-23 High Frequency Coordination Conference, or HFCC, took place near Brisbane, Australia in September to coordinate station frequency schedules for the new season. During the past few weeks, we've been presenting excerpts from the opening remarks there by Dale Stagg, CEO of the conference organizer Reach Beyond Australia. In today's excerpt, he tells us a bit about Reach Beyond's shortwave transmitter site in northwestern Australia. Our, we're located in Kununurra, and that's, uh, so our property is only a matter of a couple of k's from the township. Uh, but uh, I was sharing with uh, some uh, yesterday that when you leave the township where we're located, you'll, you'll come across a sign that says, uh, basically, you better get fuel for your car now or you'll be waiting another 750 kilometres. Uh, so it's very, a very vast area and you need to be very prepared to be travelling in that part of, part of Australia. It can get uh, incredibly hot. Uh, at the moment, it's a perfect time up in far northwestern Australia. The temperatures would be consistently around 33, 34 Celsius. Uh, but come November, December, when we, the, the, wet, the wet season starts to build, uh, every day will be 40, 41 Celsius and 100% humidity. So it's, uh, it can get quite unpleasant. I remember being taken out to our antenna farm one morning at about 6 a.m., and I was ready for a shower by 6.30 a.m. It uh, was so, so hot and humid. But what I love about those photos, and appreciate the question, Kelvin, is we have worked really hard just recently in training our local team 
uh, to be able to perform the repairs and maintenance to our antennas. So they were working on one of our DP antennas. There was a couple of breakages there that we'd suffered during a storm and also doing some painting of uh, insulators, uh, which uh, I thought, I don't mind painting, but uh, you won't get me up there painting the insulators. That's, that's for sure. And it was, uh, so we've invested quite heavily in, well, obviously work health safety requirements as well when it comes to climbing towers and, and getting out into the middle of antennas. My last task is to in, introduce our plenary, our plenary panel. Uh, most of uh, the people on our panel I've already acknowledged, and many people are here uh, representing their own organisations as well, as you'd, you'd appreciate. So again, we have uh, Jeff White, uh, we have Jerome, uh, we have Ken Lingwood from Reach Beyond, uh, Sergio uh, Salvatore uh, with HFCC also, Essa is on our panel, Claire Shaw uh, from Encompass uh, slash HFCC, uh, Hakim and me. So I will go and uh, find my seat and over to you, Jeff. That was Dale Stagg, CEO of Reach Beyond Australia, speaking at the B23 HFCC Shortwave Frequency Coordination Conference in Queensland, Australia. We'll have more about the conference next week. Now let's go to Henry Uwatai in the Philippines. Hello everyone, Hello dear shortwave listeners, wherever you're welcome to November 12 edition of the Philippine DX. This is report number 200. I'm Henry Umada in Bacolod City, Negros Occidental Central Philippines. Glad to be back and thank you for listening. I would like to thank the following DXers for sending the reception report most recently. Mr. John Zachary Alvarez in Cavite here in the Philippines. Mr. Richard Lumke in Alberta, Canada and Mr. Pranab Kumare in West Bengal, Incha. To all of you, thank you very much. Reception logs for October 2023. October 2, Radio New Zealand International on 13755 in English from Ranjitaki, LCRA 27, SIO 555. October 2, NHK World Radio Japan on 15280 in Japanese from Yamata, LCRA 14, SIO 555. October 2, PBS Xinyang on 13670 in Chinese from Oromki Hotobi at 038-SIO555. October 9, China Radio International on 17510 in Filipino from Nanning at 1215-SIO444. October 9, RTIY Limbang FM on 11665 in Malayalam from Kachang at 039-SIO555. October 9, Radio Taiwan International on 13740 in Japanese from Pauchong at 0825 SIO 555. October 9, KCBS Pyongyang on 11680 in Korean from Kangchi at 0815 SIO 444. October 16, Voice of Korea on 11735 in Russian from Kuchang at 0842 SIO 434. October 21, FABC Radio on 9795 in Vietnamese from Iba Sambales at 11.12 SIO333. October 23, KBS World Radio on 9770 in English from Kim Che at 0850 SIO555. October 23, NSK World Radio Japan on 9750 in Japanese from Miyamata at 0857 SIO555. October 29, 
Radio for Asia on 17660 in Chinese from Agignan Point at 0828 SIO444 and October 29 China Radio International on 17710 in English from Beijing at 0630 SIO555. Send us your comments, suggestions, reception logs, and informations to PilipinasDX at gmail.com. That's P-I- L-I-P-I-N-A-S-D-X for Pilipinas DX at gmail.com This has been Henry Maday for Wavescan in Bacolod City Negros Occidental Central Philippines ay mabuhay at maraming salamat po Thank you Henry We end Wavescan today with a song called China Blue by Mark Chan of Singapore He's one of Singapore's best-known composers. Thanks for listening to Wavescan, the international DX program from Adventist World Radio. Researched and written in Indianapolis by Adrian Peterson and in Los Angeles by Ray Robinson. Next week on Wavescan, the history of broadcasting in Vietnam, part one. And more from HFCC B23 in Australia. Wavescan is heard weekly on KSDA in Guam. AWR relays in various locations, WRMI in Florida, WWCR in Tennessee, Voice of Hope Africa in Zambia, and IRRS Italy. Send reception reports directly to the station you're listening to. Reports for KSDA and AWR sites should go to qsl at awr.org. Other correspondence, not reception reports, can be sent to wavescan at awr.org. I'm Jeff White at WRMI Shortwave in Okeechobee, Florida. Till next week, good listening, everyone.
This is the Adventist World Radio, and you are listening to the Voice of Hope. For more information, please feel free to write to us. Our email address is Bible at awr dot org, or you could also call us on WhatsApp at plus one two two four two 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 zero seven seven seven. 